Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, welcome to Garibaldi Reds. Reds. Luton Town fans left the City Grand Chain team 2-0 and UFDR. Well, you know what they really said. And they're exactly right. It's not in Forest. Threw away two points on Saturday. We'll discuss Steve Cooper's substitutions, defensive howlers and Forest start. how Forest starts the season looks now. We'll also discuss good performances from a number of individuals on probably the most frustrating day since losing at home to Bournemouth last season. Joining me for all that, first of all, is Reds fan Greg Mitchell. Greg, good morning. How are you? Uh, I'm all right now, yeah. A bit better than some of the commenters by the looks of it. But um, yeah, I'm getting there, getting there. Yeah, the early comments were a ray of sunshine before we've even started. Um, second guest today is Mikey Clark. Mikey, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm the same as Greg. I've uh, come to terms with it now and uh, happy to discuss what we thought went wrong. So it should be interesting. What football shirt's that today? This is Hartlepool. So I used to live live up there. So just representing my uh, non-league second club, so to speak. Not a rival with Forest. So before anybody gets on with me, we'll, we'll never play them. I wouldn't have thought. So. <laughs> Even the most negative Forest fan was hopefully so he won't play them in the league. Uh, and our third guest is former Reds midfielder Lewis McGugan. Lewis, good to have you with us. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Good, good. Uh, Mikey, why don't you kick us off? Uh, we'll get into the whole breakdown of what went wrong, but oh, Mikey just disappeared. Have we lost him? Are you back, Mikey? I'm back, yes. You're back. Good. Well, you can kick us off then now you're back. Uh, just overall emotions walking out of the ground and how you're feeling about it now. Yeah, I disappeared a bit like Forrest did in the last 15 minutes of that game. But, um, you know, I went to the game with you, Matt, didn't I? So what would you say I was like when I left the ground? Because I'd say I was bewildered more than anything. Yeah, um, stunned. You were stunned. But I'll say this, um, in the pub, you were more upbeat than I was. It was role, was. role reversal. So, yeah. Yeah, it, I was because it reminded me a little bit of the Wolves game last season where, you know, I was I was very downbeat and then I reflected and thought, actually, it, it is a point, although I'm not going to say that. Um, I think it feels like a loss because of the narrative of the game in terms of what happened. You know, you're 2-0 up at home against a team with all due respect. Everybody knows is going to struggle. They're very one-dimensional. You're in complete and utter control of the game. Nobody saw that coming. I thought even the most pessimistic Forest fans. You know, I remember maybe one, two shots Luton had ahead of straight at Turner, a couple that just went wide. But we were we were thoroughly dominating and controlling that football game. And then those last ten or fifteen minutes were reminiscent, as you said, Matt, of um, Bournemouth last season, where one mistake or you know a, a catalogue of, of individual mistakes on the on the one move leads to them getting 2-1 um and then it just felt like panic setting you know i'm sure we're going to debate the substitutions i've got a firm view on 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 what happened but i think you leave that ground thinking what on earth happened so you go through your change cycle don't you, you know some people become angry straight away 
some people are just like, what, what on earth has happened? And then you get time to reflect, you get time to think about it, um, which is why I was looking forward to today, because I think we're going to dissect it a little bit. But I think there's learnings all around from the management to the players, to the substitutions that came on, to how we fundamentally manage a football game. You know, that was almost unforgivable what happened on Saturday. You know, that that is two points chucked away. And I'm not surprised there's a lot of, not negativity, but almost frustration bordering on negativity on some of the comments. And I, I kind of get that because I, I don't think anybody saw it coming. So one more one thing I will say before you hand over, Matt, is you can watch the Premier League, everybody watching and, and listen to this, for the remainder of the season. I guarantee you, you will not see two worse goals let in from a football team. You know, if somebody pings it in the top corner from 25 yards like Philip Billing did to us last season, you almost hold your hands up and go, all right, fair enough. You know, that's that's the way to get back in. But those two goals we conceded were just diabolical. And it, it ruined what was a really commanding front foot performance for 75 minutes, I thought. You know, we're unlucky not to go in at half-time leading. The second half, um, it's great to see Chris Wood get on the score sheet again. I think he's going to be useful for us. You know, 2 0 up with 15 minutes to go and absolutely cruising. And it still leaves me with a sense of wonder as to as to what on earth happened. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at at the moment, Matt. I'm sure we'll go into more detail. But yeah, just just baffled as to what happened. Very strange. You know, for the first time, probably I guess since that Bournemouth game, or maybe Fulham, Greg, there were boos at full time. You sort of understand why in the moment, you know, like Mikey said, if if we'd fought back from two 0 down and got a point, it wouldn't be having this conversation. It was the manner of the way we threw it away, wasn't it? Yeah, you knew they were coming. I mean, it's not for me, but you, you knew that there was a hell of a lot of frustration. There was arguments walking out the ground. There was everything you expect from a from a result like that. And it's sad to see, but, you know, you have got to move on from it. I've stayed off Twitter the last couple of days. It's been ridiculous. But I just think, uh, I think someone said, I can't remember if it was Tales article this morning, that we've made the most substitutions joint with Burnley this year and you know four or five subs each time it doesn't always work does it I know when one one player is saying that they're tired or fatigued it's got to happen but once those subs started rolling on you thought oh god let's just <laughs> hope this works and it and it didn't unlike all week we were talking about Bournemouth and uh, the Fulham game last season and deep down just knowing there's that niggly kind of you know, worry in the back of it. And it, it turned out, didn't it? I mean, we did get the point. That's better than last season, but it was just gutting, absolutely gutting, especially to some areas of the crowd, like us not seeing that it was offside the very last goal. And, um, you know, as deflating and as, as gutting as it was, and I know some of the people on it is not going to like it, but we still came away with something. And I think that's the difference between last year and this year and why, in the long run, we're going to look back and say, yeah, it was bad, but it certainly isn't going to be season-defining. What do you think um, this week will be like in training, Lewis? Would you kind of hope it's absolutely miserable and they're kicking themselves for three or four days with, and then focus on Liverpool? What, what would Cooper want to see and how will the players be this week? Yeah, they'll, they'll 100% be a hangover uh, from players and staff. That's just that's just a reality of what, what happened and like everyone knows, it was it, it, it's a point. 
you feel like you, like I say you've got a point, but it but in reality it's two points lost. And and, and when you have them home games, especially the teams around you that or, or below you, you need to take full advantage of that because I have to say next week you're going in a you're going into Liverpool and and now there's a bit more pressure on that result. So this week will 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 be like everyone can imagine. Uh, but at the end of the day, you you have now uh, you'll dwell on it, you'll debrief it. They'll look at the they'll look at the areas that uh, that cost them the game, but I think also uh, they'll also look at the positives and take the positives from it and the amount of chances they created. Uh, Chris Wood got a couple of goals and could have had a lot more on the day, so I think that listen, you've got to take you've got to take both sides of it, and uh, it's gone now, uh, and you've got to try and look look towards the weekend to to go and now get another put, three points on the board or at least one. Mm. I suppose we should talk. We'll start with the substitutions, then we'll talk about the goals. I mean, most of the substitutions this season have worked well, but obviously these didn't. And I think you can't. You have to point the finger at the, the, the manager and he has to take some responsibility for what happens. Where's the balance lie, Mikey, between bad substitutions, before we get into substitutions, and players just not doing their job for you? Yeah, it's, it's probably a bit of both, to be honest. Um, I think... You know, I mentioned at our um, live show the other week, will be I think will be defined this year by the strength of our bench. And when I saw that team, it didn't look particularly strong, the bench. There was a, a devoid lack of attacking options. But going back to Greg's point, that doesn't mean you still need to use your four or five subs and bring all, a load of defenders on, you know, and, and hold your midfielders. So um, I, I, I question, without going into too specifics, I question why we even did that amount of subs in the first place. But I do think it's a bit of both. You know, you, you get sent on with specific instructions. I'm sure Lewis will tell you this. I remember a game last season at Brentford where Kiate just turned his back in the wall and it went straight in. There's no way Cooper tells him to, to come on and do that. So it's a bit of both. But I think I think the manager has to take some significant responsibility for this in particular because there were there were no need to do that amount of substitutions. So then you can look and say, right, that's the catalyst. The snowball has started momentum. But then the players still have to go on the pitch and, and do their thing. And, you know, Joe struggled. I think Yatesy didn't have his, his best sort of 20 minutes and Kayate was dreadful. And then you had the two at the end. Aina just sort of disappears for the goal. So pretty much all of those substitutions, by definition, just didn't work because they cost us the game. But I do think it's a bit of both. I don't think the manager sends players on with the intention to deliberately make our team worse. I think he was trying to see out and manage the game. And, and you'd probably be hard-pushed to see any Premier League team that tune up and to loot in this season not do similar. I just question whether we are there in our evolution yet to, to be able to do that. I think you you came to the game with me, didn't you, Matt? You sat, you sat next to me and I, I, I remember saying to you, you know, Yates is coming on, hold on, he's doing, he's doing, he's doing three. He's doing three subs. Why is he doing three subs? So it, it, it kind of ripped up the balance of the, of, of the team and, and the spine was just, just disappeared. And they just, if you remember, they just made three or four changes, brought the guy who got the equaliser on, brought Ross Barkley and Ross Townsend. So it just felt, hold on a second, let's just see how this transpires. And we, it was, it almost felt like we went two up in a cup game against lower league opposition and went, OK, that'll do. We'll just, we'll just rest them for 20 minutes. And that that's unforgivable. So I think on this occasion... I would point the, the, the finger more at Cooper, if I'm honest. 
but I do think the players letting down those ones that came on, if I'm honest with you. And maybe being harsh, I'm sure Greg and Lewis might say I'm being slightly harsh, but I just thought it was a failure all round. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, there's one sub that I found particularly egregious and it actually wasn't necessarily the Niakate one. But I want to ask about the Niakate one. Um, on the uh, Niakate, sorry, Bolly. Um, on the radio afterwards, Steve Cooper Lewis said that Bolly had said he was fatigued and basically said he wanted to come off. Well, as, as you don't take centre-halves off normally, and before we get into Worrell coming on or not, would you have just said to Bolly, look, give us another 15 minutes, or are you mindful that actually he missed 14 games with a hamstring injury last season? You kind of say, all right, you can come off. But I would have just said, look, give us another 15 minutes and the rest of the week. Well, where would you be on that? Well, I think you've got to, I think there's so many kind of narratives and, and standpoints on this on this topic. And none of us are privy to what goes on in the week. None of us are privy of what the players have come back and, and, and what's going on. The, the strange thing for me on that, what I would say is the timing, 78 minutes. So at that point, it's... it's Now, if he's making them substitution, he's saying that point at, at 60, 65, okay, there's, there's quite a, a large proportion of the game to get to go. But at 78 minutes, I think that when you're in such control, it's, it's sometimes, from a manager's uh, situation and, and point, of, it, it's so difficult sometimes because you're in a game you're up and you kind of want to be at that point let's become solid but sometimes when you go change it to become solid a bit more defensive you then create and invite pressure on what's not there and and, and if you look at the, the, the substitutions you then make a lot more defensive the midfielder really turned a lot more defensive and then you lose that get out you lose that ball where you use the players that can take that heat off and then what happens is you just sit deeper, deeper and deeper. And then all what has to happen is a goal like that, a freak goal, because it was the first goal was a freak goal, come out of nowhere, and it just changes the whole landscape of everything. Luton now thinking, right, we can get something here. The players that have come on, come on especially defenders, defenders and midfielders, sometimes it's hard. You, you actually don't want to come on in certain scenarios especially the defender, it's so hard to get kind of in, in tune with the game. You're going straight into it, having to defend, having to deal with, where's an attacking player, you can kind of come pick your moments, little flow, little burst, but as a defender, you're straight into the middle of it and sometimes you just can't get the rhythm and especially when the goal then happens, you're then under the cosh and it just totally flips uh, flips that Feeling, but I but I do feel in the timing of 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 the subs, I'm 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 just not sure. Uh, and listen, I, I listened to his interview after the game, and he knows because he mentioned it a few times. He, he he kept on bringing up the substitutions and why it wasn't that why and what that. So he knows he knows what effect that it that it could have had. And sometimes, like as a manager, you make substitutions, they work. Sometimes you make substitutions and they make you worse. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. You can sit there and say, now we shouldn't have done this, shouldn't have done that. But at a time, on the touchline, at that split second, you and your staff have got to think, we've got to make this decision. And sometimes, like I say, sometimes it comes off, sometimes it doesn't. But I think that in terms of the volley and in terms of the the, the conversations uh, that was had in terms of the reasons after, if you look, they don't play until Sunday next Sunday. So if they had a midweek game, maybe a little bit more I, I understandable 
but they don't play until until next Sunday. There's a there's now a, a full week, full week to recover. And just when you're in so much control uh, and and very comfortable, worst case scenario, maybe add one more and go. Do you know what? His legs have gone. Right, let's go to a back three, stick Bolly in the middle, and just go. Listen, you just stick there, head everything, stay in that point, and you have a bit more legs around you, a bit more freshness around you, and that's possibly what you what you do because you're not changing it completely. You're not swapping like for like. Uh, and I think that's probably the best thing to do. Sometimes you look at it and think, right, okay, his legs are, his legs are going, he's struggling, but he's still six foot five and a very, very good defender. So let's put him in the middle, put something around him, and we just go a bit more solid than you stay there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think the substitution that oh, we'll talk about Joe Walks, who's had a big hand in the second goal, obviously. But the substitution that I found more confusing for me, Greg, was taking Dominguez off when you, you know, I, I think it was right to take Sangare off. I thought he was a disappointment. And he's, I said to you, Mikey, during the game, he's, he doesn't move the ball very quickly or he hasn't moved the ball very quickly yet. And I'd like to see more from him. But on Dominguez, I don't know why he took him off. And if he did, this is hindsight now in this instance, but I would have put Andre Santos on because Coyote was absolutely awful. And you've got two defensive midfielders on and him and Yates. I don't know why people blame Yates actually, because I thought that was a fine sub, but um, that changed the balance. As Lewis says, two defensive midfielders, we couldn't keep the ball. We invited pressure. Was that the one that surprised you taking Dominguez off when he looked all right to me? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. He looked fine. Um, Again, it's hindsight, isn't it? But it, it felt like he was just trying to protect the lead. And when you protect the lead against any Premier League team, you're inviting pressure. Uh, you know, all the stats, we had so much more possession than we're normally used to. And, you know, and doing that and just inviting it on, you could see it coming. It got the crowd nervous. You, know, you could just feel it in the air. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Dominguez was playing well, wasn't he? So uh, it's just a real tough one. Again, it's the... The Nia Carty thing for me, I was so surprised he didn't come on, whether it was because, you know, two left-footed, I don't know. I haven't got a clue, but we keep seeing and saying hindsight. And I think the only thing that hopefully comes from this is some, some learning points from Cooper. I hope some of these players who are getting, you know, ripped to shreds, it doesn't affect the confidence. You look what happens with Maguire and players like that. You know, they've had a bad game. Some of them have made some absolute howlers. Yeah, we're all going to have an opinion on it, but don't let it drag on, you know, move on and get to that next massive game. And you just never know, do you? As soon as we get that result again, things change. Mm. Um, okay, well, so we agree the subs were wrong and a definite factor. Yeah. Let's talk about the goals. Lewis, just that first goal, I mean, I've watched it a lot. I think Aurier, he either slips, and if he slips, I'm annoyed at him because he tied his laces up so many times through that match. Like it, they delayed the second half 
for him to tie his laces. So I don't know if he had his wrong boots wrong or something, or he misread it and looked like a kid trying to learn, you know, butterfly swimming at, at the pool or something and flopped forwards. It was just ugly. Was it all on Aurier or did the defenders need to react? Are they caught flat-footed by thinking their mate's going to clear it? Just talk us through that goal, Lewis. No, like, to, to, obviously, we spoke last night uh, on that one and I watched it back again this morning. He doesn't slip. He doesn't that. He, I, I just don't, I don't even know what, what he's doing. And the ball was that, that bad. Listen, I think that on the second phase that we the, we have to be more alive. And I think that's where we cost, we, we, we just switched off a little bit. But I think we was everyone was so expectant to him to clear it or at least get something on it. I'm just not sure. I'm just not really sure what, what he was trying to do. Uh, and I think, like I said, it always leads to little things. The second phase, we have to then react better, hundred percent, and that'll be something that that the manager and the players uh, will be talking about this week. But I think at first, uh, first and foremost, when a ball, uh, especially drops in that near area, that's why you have that front post, that front front man, because anything in that area, he's the first port of call. And I think that, uh, it, it, like I said, it was just a, a just a real, real strange. Uh, piece of different well, I, don't, I don't I don't know what it is I don't really know what it was and I, and like I said that then changes the whole landscape of the game it changes everything the 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 subs that have just coming on and then you're then looking and thinking right we're coming on to see this game out all of a sudden it totally switches and it's like right we're under the cost here we're now having to get going and we're having to defend and that's what and that's how something little as a as a as a small small detail as that. And that's what football is based around. I think that a lot of people sometimes think that these, when you lose games or lose goals, these, these are big factors in it. But when you actually, when you look at it in detail, it will all be a small, small detail. Someone switching off, someone not doing a job, a li little tiny thing, what what will be there. And at the top level, that's where, that's where, that's where they pounce on. Uh, and I think, and I think for the second goal, listen, I think Joe has just got into a battle that that he isn't going to win. And and sometimes you, as a defender, you play against strikers and, and teams. You play against strikers, and it's like this. And whatever you do, just don't get in a battle with him because we're all just, we're all human. And sometimes you have to admit you ain't going to win that battle physically. You ain't going to win that battle. Uh, and I think that maybe with the kind of situation how the game's going and how everyone's feeling he maybe he's just got a bit too tight uh maybe got a bit edgy and like i said he's he's uh he's lost the battle and they've scored but i think you know i mean on greg's point i think when you when you look at it as a whole is that it's two individual errors it's two mistakes that the manager can't that's not the manager's fault that's the manager can't do anything about that. And like I said before that, you're looking at 78 minutes before the subs, you're 2-0, could have been a lot more. You walk away from that, everyone's thinking, what a great performance. Two individual errors that have set you back. Now, like I said, we can't paint over them errors and we can't look at them and say that they've not cost us the game. But I think as the, as the players and the manager will do this week, you've got to take the positives from pretty much three quarters of the game and the chances that you created. And probably the first time this year, when you when you look at it as a whole, like I said at the live show on Wednesday, I don't think that we've we've performed at home this season. I think we've struggled, uh, and that was kind of the first. Yes, okay, Luton, 
but you play uh, whoever is in front of you. And I think that's probably the first game that you've, you you can come away if you came away from that and think, you know, there's a lot of positives attacking. We created chances. Uh, we opened them up and on another day, it could have been four or five. Uh, so I think, like I said, it's, it's, it's hindsight's a wonderful thing. Listen, we can't forget the errors and we can't look, look past them because they've cost us points. Uh, and the players, the individual players will know that, but I think also let's take the positives from, from the game and, and the chances that we created and, and, and the good football that was played. And uh, just lastly on that goal, Lewis, as well, from a coaching point of view, does, does Oliver Aina, is he in the wrong position there? Does he need to be dropping around and, you know, at least doing something to put the striker off, not make it so easy for him after he gets in? Yeah, funny enough, I watched, like I said, I watched them back this morning and, and, and when you look at it again, sometimes you look at goals and all you do, you kind of just cast your eye on the one main incident and you don't really look around. And I think at first, at first, what he's done is right because he's dropped in beside hoping that the winger's going to be. But at that point, I think he's come on the other side. Joe's then gone forward. If you look to then tackle, at that point, he has got to then come round. And at that point, if he comes round and Joe loses that one, he's still in a better position to maybe at least get a block on, at least force that shot. But what he's done, he's kind of gambled and not covered, uh, which has allowed the 1v1. Once once Joe loses the 1v1, is is uh is, is is straight straight in front of goal. So, as I said, I think there's so many little things, the small details, like I said, that that can probably probably stop it. Listen, if he if he drops and and covers round, does he stop the goal? You never know. But I think there's there's a there's a better opportunity for him at least to 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 cause to cause a challenge and 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 to help his centre half. Uh, there's 600 of you with us at 10.30 on a Monday morning, which is great. So do us a favour and uh, if you're watching live, give us a like and do uh, subscribe and spread the word as ever. Uh, very much appreciated. Just on Joe Worrell then, Mikey. I mean, I know centre-halves don't normally come on in games, but he actually did it five times last season. So I, I, I can see why Cooper would have thought, actually, we'll see the game out you know, with Joe and Ryan and other players. I think Warrell looked very nervous throughout when he came on. It was a bit strange. It's a, he's at a bit of a career crossroads forest-wise now, isn't he? Because there's ostensibly better players ahead of him. Like Murillo's obviously more talented. I think that's in the front to say that. And Bolly's doing really well. So it's a t- it's a big challenge for Warrell now to to bounce back and show what he can do this week in training initially, I guess. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. I was thinking the same. And the same can be said for Ryan Yates and a few others as well. You know, the... The level of the squad arguably has, has risen at least one bar uh, following the last transfer window. So if they those guys want to still be a part of it, sentiment aside, so we all love to see the local players and players that you know we feel could have been us if we were better. <laughs> you know, um, if, if if they're not up to scratch or in in terms of that they can't perform at the level we need them to, then there's a decision to be made. But I think we're we're far away from that. Um, I just want to go back to one point that Lewis made, which I'm really glad he did because Lewis is played the game, he lived and breathed it, we're just observers, so um, kind of back to the point that I had in my head around going to a three at the back and I think that negates probably both goals, certainly the second goal so I'm like you Lewis, you know there's what, 10 minutes to go of normal time if it was 60 minutes and Bolly's flagging I get it, but I think at that point in time, and you have to remember who Luton have bought on, that massive guy, is it Adi Adi, 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 Ad
absolutely huge. So you know what they're going to do. They're going to do more of what they have been doing, but probably a bit better. And he's going to win more of them. So the one player you want on the pitch to negate that is our biggest centre-back who never loses anything in the air. So if you remember the Southampton game, they did the same thing last season. They bought on that guy who was about 17 foot tall and started lumping it. And we responded by bringing Willie Bolly on. So there are similarities there, which is why I was really surprised that he came off. Yes, I granted we could have put Joe next to him. And I think Joe's performance would have been different because he would have had Willie Bolly next to him heading the ball. He could have had Neil Cate as well if he wanted to bring him on. There were so many things we could do. But to replace like for like against a striker, massive, and he's going to bully him. And Joe's fresh and he's just come on. He's probably a bit cold. You know, I'm not making excuses for him because I, th- I think he had a bit bit of a, you know, we had a poor game. He looked shaky, he looked nervous. You know, his passing wasn't up to scratch either. But I think it, it got me when he, he held his, did he hold his head in his hands when he when he lost that second goal? He slumped to his knees, didn't he? Um, which was just, just gutting. I think it, that summarised what everybody was, was feeling. But no, going back to your point, Matt, sorry, no, I've gone around the houses a little bit. It, yeah, but that's the challenge, isn't it? That's the challenge where we're at now as a football club you know we've invested significant finance into trying to upgrade all the levels all the different levels of the squad and those players that have been with us since day one since league one not league one yeah actually league one Brennan's left um, but um, certainly um, in, in the championship when we're at the bottom of the championship can they make the next step up there's nothing to suggest they can't but I think Joe's at that crossroads now where you know, he knows the players around him are now probably of a, of a higher calibre, certainly than they were a few few months ago. And that's a challenge for him. What's going to be really interesting, and I'm sure you'll cover this, Matt, on the preview for Liverpool, is I suspect they'll go to a back three. So, before this game, most people will probably say, well, Joe Orr just slips in like he did at Chelsea. You know, it would, is that the question now then? So, I think a lot depends maybe this week in training, you know, Joe's the ultimate professional, you know, I'm sure he'll knuckle down. And it wouldn't surprise me if he starts against Liverpool, but it's just one of them things. He he struggled, Kayate struggled. I think Yates, I don't know whether I disagree with you, Matt, but it just seemed a little bit anonymous in the middle there. And then those two subs at the end, I just didn't understand either. You know, replacing a fullback with a minute to go. And I know Aurier didn't have his best game, but it just didn't make much sense. It was like he was just trying to use all his subs. But mm. that's just my view. But yeah, going back to your point, Matt, it, it is a challenge for everybody to step up the game and probably the fans as well. Because I said to you, Matt, when that second went in, do you think they'll get booed at the end? And I think you said, no, I don't think so. I thought it would be like numb, numb silence. So yeah. I then, misread the mood. Yeah, and that's just frustration. You know, a point in the Premier League is a good point, but that wasn't. That was a, that was a horrible point. I think it was just frustration. So I'm I'm kind of with the fans on this one. There was a bit of frustration. I, I never like to see the team booed, but you know that last 15 minutes was like I, I don't want to see that again this season. It was just mm. one bad decision after the next after the next. So there's a big chance for us next week to get back on track at Liverpool because I thought that was the turning point last season when we went up there and actually gave it a go. So let's just see what happens next week. Can Is I just say? Yeah, go on, Greg. Just one thing on the first goal, because I feel like we've we've moved on from it now, but it hasn't been said yet. I know we've spoke about the subs so much, but, you know, Gibbs White is one of the most naturally talented players we've ever had in a Forest shirt in my lifetime, obviously not not the uh, European Cup winning days, but naturally talented. But that 
you know, that foul that starts for the first goal, it's just so avoidable, like no need at all. And also missing a chance in the first half, which, which you know, could have got on target. There's so many little things with this game that just tweak a small amount and he's going to be unstoppable for us. But as we are at the minute, he just, I don't know whether he just doesn't get enough of the ball with the style we play just to further his game on a bit. But yeah, that, that foul was kind of the, the start of what started to go wrong in those last 15 minutes. And I think, you know, as much as we hammered and hammered the subs and I always say how great Gibbs White is, you know, that mistake really did cost us and it was such a needless one to do. So I hope, you know, this week they're all going to have a little bit of learning to go from it. Mm. Sorry, Matt. Yeah, just, sorry, it was an error. Just, go on, Lewis, sorry. Oh, just just a quickly, on, on, on that first goal, another, another point that sometimes probably... Uh, people don't really or probably even don't even think about uh when you look at the like i said we spoke about Ori and the and the, and the first phase the second phase what you have to also look at that point as well there's been so much change and confusion in terms of set pieces in that massive and especially the defensive period so if you look at the defensive line and also the defensive midfielders now you look at the likes of yatesy you look at kayati they're very very good from defensive pieces, there'll be a major part in what you're doing. Now, when you make changes and you go on, you know, in fact, listen, as you go on, listen, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, you'll take his place, take that place. But even when you get told that as a player, when you come on and the, and the game's going on, especially when it's under the cost, you get a corner, for, for, a, for a split second, you're a little bit all over the place. And that's when the players that have been on a pitch, that's when they take charge because they're, they're, in, they're in the battle, they're in with it. It's like, yeah, listen, Right, okay, where am I going to be? Right, I've been told to be here, right. That's when the the, the the experienced players who have been on for the majority of the game then take charge. You there, you there, you there. But you've got to look in that point. If you look at the second goal, the first goal with the second phase, and we a bit all over the place, well, when you look at the set piece and the change in the set piece and the change in responsibilities, you probably look, there's probably five players in that that have all changed their jobs in a space of five minutes. So that's these little things like that where they have a massive math influence on on what's going on because it's not just like say they're coming on they're also coming on but they've got to take responsibility they've got to take information they've got to pass that information on to other people and sometimes you play the game and that information don't get passed on you try and tell them but everything's going on and it doesn't get passed on it doesn't get passed on in the right way and I just think sometimes as well it's not just then a lot of substitutions in that area can also cause a lot of confusion. As you'll understand, if you look from a bigger picture, you never really ever see a, a manager make a defend, make a substitution defending a, defending a set piece. You never do it. It's, the, it's one rule you never do. You never change when you're defending a set piece because there's too much confusion going in on people marking. Uh, so you allow it to like be in the... You defend the set piece, you go back normal, then you make the change, which allows the players to come on to give the right information, get it across for when the next time you then uh, kind of have to defend the set piece, you're in a lot better situation. Mm. Um, there's quite a lot of Gibbs-White negativity in the comments. I thought he had an interesting game. I thought he was misused in the first half. Sticking him out on the right wing was kind of wasted. He wasn't effective there. But when he played inside second half, he was much better and he had a big hand or a hat, certainly a big hand in the first goal and a hand in the second. So I'm still uh, 
still think he's a key cog in the team. I think we need to get the best out of him. We still, I still, I don't think Cooper still knows exactly how he wants everything to work. We're still finding our feet, and it's not not quite where we want it to be yet. Um, which kind of leads into where I want to discuss about the start to the season overall. There's two ways of spinning it now, Greg. I think. Either we've done really well in away games, we've got more points than we got last season, everything's looking pretty optimistic. Or after this game, we've underperformed at home, we should have more points on the board, we've got tough games going up and everyone's panicking. I can I can guess you're more optimistic, but can you see how people are seeing it in two different ways now? Yeah, absolutely, because we're having to live off that Chelsea result. Mm. You know, the Chelsea result was the surprise, and if we didn't have that, then we're looking at it in a completely different way. Uh, four points out of the last 15 isn't good enough. But, you know, 80 minutes of this game, we we dominated. We did. Sangari should have had us one up. You know, these these little things that make a difference and it just didn't quite work today. But the, uh, on Saturday, the issues for me are who we've played at home. You know, we've played some teams that are going to be right down there this this season and haven't got the the guaranteed three points that we always think we're going to get. And, you know, we need to learn from that. However, I remember this time last year, it was coming up to Villa at home again, exactly the same. And like Mikey said, or someone said earlier, you know, Liverpool was the change. I do feel like Villa at home, big team coming to the city ground. I think it'll get the atmosphere up because again, on Saturday, we just weren't at those peaks of last season, which you can't blame us. You know, we've had an incredible two years. You just can't keep it the way it has been at that city ground but we need that that big game atmosphere to get us going again because it just hasn't happened yet I saw some of the players giving it that again trying to get the crowd going you could tell they're affected by it obviously it is not the reason Saturday happened at all but it all contributes a little bit and I just think it will turn around for us the form at the minute isn't great thankfully there's some terrible teams down there and I do think we're not going to be having to look over a shoulder for very long. But we have got a tough run of fixtures coming up, and especially at home. And I, I really think it will show us now where we are. Yeah, I think there's some awful teams at the bottom, certainly that are a blessing for us and anyone else who might might struggle. I suppose, Mikey, I remember this time last year around Bournemouth and Fulham saying, you know, the pendulum swings so massively on these results between everything's good, we're looking up, everything's terrible, we're going to struggle. Where are you at? Guess where I am? I'm the uh, yang to Greg's ying. I think I'm I'm probably on the other end of the scale. I am a little bit nervous. I, I saw Villa yesterday. Oh crikey, they're a bit of a team. Um, so that's going to be a very difficult game. But as Greg says, and and actually quite rightly, it's got me thinking. You know, we we do tend to raise our games when the bigger teams come. You know, we beat Arsenal last year at home. We beat Liverpool. Got a draw against Man City. Draw against Chelsea. We should have got something against Spurs. You know, we do, we do raise our game and it probably does need that, Greg. I think you might be right. Just to sort of kickstart what we're all about at home. So, yes, I watched Philly yesterday and thought, oh, bloody hell, that's going to be really, really tough. Um, but there's no reason why we can't, you know, raise their game and turn up and, and, you know, turn them over. And if that happens, let's just say we go to Liverpool, might not get the result, but put in a decent display like we did last season and then get a really positive result against Villa. Things are looking completely different. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of I kind of been convinced a little bit. I think it's it's dead easy just to look at the table and go, oh my word, you know we've played three promoted teams at home. We've got what five points? I think my master's right there. 
Um, probably should have got more, you know, got points against Brentford. Um, you know, with we've, we've, we've what? We've drew um, four of the last five, I think. You know, we probably should have got more points on the board. However, we are, I think, with six points from relegation with some tough games coming up. But there's nothing to suggest we can't get something out of that. So, yes, I'm more sort of looking over my shoulder nervously, if I'm honest. Um, but I know things are still very, very early in the season. Things can change. And you've got to remember, there's still a lot of new players in this team. And they are bedding. And we did see, as Lewis said, some really nice football for those first 75 minutes. You know, if we play like that this season, we'll be absolutely fine. It's mm. just, it leaves a sour taste in your mouth what happened in the last, you know, 15 minutes of the game. But you've got to put it to bed, as Greg said, accept what happened, debate it, discuss it, try and learn from it, and then just sort of kick on from there. But there's some massive games coming up. Um, but West Ham, we can get something at West Ham. So I know I'm, I'm jumping ahead, but I'm thinking, you know, we, let's not be too downbeat because after that we've got Fulham, we've got a few others. So it, it, it swings and roundabouts and I think we'll be fine. You know, there's enough quality in that side there to beat teams and we proved it last season. So just try and stay positive, everyone. I'm talking to myself here. I'm almost giving myself a pet talk. I got in on Saturday night, Matt, and then Lindsay, my wife, was like, what do you think? And I, I won't repeat what I said, but I, I got into the anger stage <laughs> and she was like, okay, calm down, just listen. And then we watched the game back and she's like, yeah, and I was like, okay, I, okay, I get that now. It's just a mad 10, 15 minutes. And I think that's the way we've got to look at it. Unless it becomes a trend, like we saw at the beginning of last season. You know, if we do it again and then again, then we've got an issue. But let's just let's just chalk it off and go, right, it was just one of them mad 15 minutes and let's move on from there. But I think we'll be fine, but I am a bit nervous. <laughs> I can't change my mind, but you know where I am, Matt. From a player's point of view, Lewis, do you go from, you know, if you beat Luton, you look at Liverpool and think, OK, we can go again and get something. Now you've thrown it away. A player's looking at those fixtures now and thinking, oh, that doesn't look good, that doesn't look good, that doesn't look good. Everton at home looks tricky, et cetera, et cetera. How are you seeing it? I think I think, I think from the bigger picture, we, like I said, we said at the, the start of the season when the fixtures come out and, and you look at it and you think the, the, the run away from home yeah, it looks very daunting. Uh, it looks like everyone's first first thought is we're not going to get any points. But like I said to you, that it's very it's on that borderline that if you do go and get a freak result like you did against Chelsea, it just changes the whole complex and the whole momentum of of looking at it. But I think that was always could happen. I think the the big thing was you don't mind that if you take care of the results, the, the home games that we had. And the, and the opposition that we're going to be playing. And I think that uh, that is, for me, the most alarming part of it. I think it's at home. Listen, I know Saturday was was, was a bit of an improvement. Yes, OK, it's against a Luton team uh, that have just come up. But I think that's where uh, the worry comes from. Uh, like, like, like I stated in the, in the, in the live, uh, in the live show that we did, even last year, we are... At, counter-attacking team we 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 play off a, off a team's mistake that's what we do and, and away from home against the big team that's why a lot of the time we put in good performances because all you do you sit in blocks you've got uh, a good strong uh, back four you've got very now robust centre midfielders whether that's Sangor whether that's Yates and then you've got pace uh, and direct directness up front that's with Tyro obviously Brennan last year, you've got a Langan out who's in the door. So when you go up and set away from home against a team that's predominantly going to have a lot of the ball, it's a perfect formation. 
And that's what I said on Wednesday. It's now to transition to come and play at home where you're now the not the underdog. You now have to go out and set your stall out. You're not the teams now are sitting in and waiting for you to break them down. And I think that's where the struggle is coming at home. I think now the manager and the team have got to now flip that switch and go, we have to now, we've been in the league for a season. We've strengthened again. We've got a lot more exciting players. We need to now go be the dominant team now. We need to now go and set our stall out and go on the front foot and impose what we want to do. And I think at home, we still catch it. We're still in that kind of uh, middle ground. And I, I don't think it's quite happened. And I think, like I said, I think away from home, uh, that's why we get a lot more results this year. And that's why we look a lot better in terms of performances because it's a lot easier to sit in blocks and wait wait on mistakes because you have the players, uh, that, could, especially at the, t- at the top line with the pace and directness, that can go and hurt teams. Uh, it's, 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 it's quite that simple. And, I, and that's where, where I think, to, on a whole, I think that's where, you, where we're struggling. I made a point to you, to you last night, but I think I think the manager has been absolutely terrific for this football club. I think he's 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 got this football club uh, back. He's got this city back, where we all wanted it. And I think that the the kind of good feel factor around Nottingham Forest football club as a whole uh, around the country now is 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 really a pleasure to see, and, it, and, it, and it's down to the manager. But he'll know more than anyone that football is a results business. Uh, and that's what people look at and they'll continue to look at and they'll make decisions on the results business. And I made a point to you that, listen, the manager, is, is for what he's done, uh, he's now got stock and he now gets another chance and gets a second chance and always gets more chance than anyone else because of the work and the fantastic work that he's done for the football club. But like I said to you last night, Matt, if, if Steve Cooper would have left in the summer and a new manager come in, and we're sat here today. What would the fans' opinion be right now? If nothing changes, if everything has been the same, but is a different person at the helm from the summer, I think a lot of the fan base would be very unsure about this new manager. And that's the reality of football. Now, on in terms of turning around and have an opportunity, there's no one deserves it more than, than Steve Cooper, 100%. But I think that sometimes you've got to take all the baggage away from it and look at it for what it is. And if a new manager started in pre-season for the new season, brought in by the new owner, and we're sitting here now, everything stayed the same, what would the fans' opinion be of this new manager? And sometimes you've got to look at it that simple. Hmm. I mean, that's an interesting point, Greg, isn't it? Because... I suppose like Bournemouth are doing terribly and the fans still see him on side there, but Forrest are more ambitious than that. Uh, what do you think about Lewis's point? It's an interesting point about how we would view things differently without Steve Cooper's kind of cushion of his track record. Yeah, and he, he deserves that cushion as well. That's the <laughs> the one thing I'd say from that. He will get more leeway than a new manager will purely because of what he's done. That That's the way most football fans seem to think. We do have a... Uh, you know, a, a love and a, a connection with people like that. But yeah, I'll go back to that Chelsea result. I think that's the the only the only real thing that's keeping it all glued together at the minute. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's an interesting point, and I've not really thought of it that way. But I think it'd be 
I think it'd be pretty similar, to be honest, because there has been some results, there has been some performances. We we spoke about Joe Warren a lot today as his best game against Chelsea, as someone said in the comments. And then, you know, he doesn't start again, and he and he's and he's gone off the boil when he has played. Um, mm. It's tough, but we're not. I know I'm going to get a lot of stick for this, but we're six points off relegation. You know, a lot of people take that at this time of the season. I know it's who we've played, but we're not in the relegation dogfight as it stands. We're a team that's building. Someone else said earlier in the comment, it took Brighton six seasons before they got, or five seasons before they got out the bottom six. You know, it's it's not going to be a, a super quick build. I talk about Europe and things like that. Off of its tongue and cheek, but it's all about settling in and becoming established these first few seasons. And I'd rather do that with a settled squad, a settled manager, and not even, you know, contemplating rash decisions anytime soon. Mm. And like I said earlier, the pendulum swings so much. If we get a result against Villa or Liverpool or, or even West Ham and we take three points from the next four, well, four points in the next three games and everything looks different again. So, but I do think it's an interesting time where we're at. Right, we spent 48 minutes talking about what went wrong or what's going wrong or that kind of stuff. There were positives on Saturday. So I just want to talk about a few players who would be wrong to gloss over. We've spoken about Murillo at length, so we won't talk about him too much, but he was really good again and he just looks like he's destined for great things to me. Like I saw a Luton, a Luton fan message me saying that Carl Morris has given a lot of players trouble and like Murillo just had him in his pocket and Bolly as well. So he was great. Toffolo was very solid again, although he should have scored. Um, but I think he's done well. And Dominguez, we've mentioned. So a couple of players to comment on. Um, Chris Wood, Mikey, uh, you've been a bit of a defender of his and I've been quite high on him this season, less so last season. Uh, he, he could have scored four on Saturday, but he did get two and he, his link-up play was good. We have to give him a, a nod of credit, don't we? Yeah, we do. Yeah, absolutely. I know um, I know he's not everybody's cup of tea, um, and it, but he's a very different profile to um, Taiwo. You know, he can't do what Tyler does. He can't turn on the edge of his box and run 70 yards at Old Trafford and belt it in the corner. That's just just not his game. But when you get the ball to him, he's very good at hold up. And we've seen, you know, you get balls into the box to him, you know, he'll 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 score goals. You know, he, the, the second against Luton, the um, the winner against Sheffield United. Um, he, he's very useful. I still see him as a, um, not an impact player, that's that's really, um, that's, that's harsh. I just see him as a, a certain squad player to come in and out of games when the um, situation demands we do something different. I think Chris Wood could be ideal. It seems like Origi's out for, what, a month or something, so he's literally the only guy we've pretty much got up front at the moment. Um, not sure where Tyler is on his recovery, but I just think he's, he's very useful. He's, you know, Cooper talks about him being in the leadership group, which is obviously very important, you know, so it's he's obviously very well respected. He's been there, he's done it, he's got the T-shirt. I thought his two finishes were good. He should have scored that header in front of us, Matt, mm. <laughs> That's to make it 2-0. That was, that was frustrating, That's you know, because then we'd probably go on and get a third and a fourth. Um, but no, he's useful. I think he probably starts at Liverpool. Um, and I just think he's, he's, a, he's a valued member of the squad. I think he's hopefully proven a a few people wrong, but he's not, he's not Tywo. He's not a like for like, you know, when Tywo's fit, Tywo plays, of course he does. But, you know, if, if you say to me, Chris Wood's going to play for the next couple of games and then feature off the bench, I'm, I'm absolutely fine with it. And I thought he had his best game in a Forest shirt. You know, there's Mangala behind him. Should we talk about him? It was fantastic. But there were a number of good performances on um, Saturday. And we, 
we shouldn't lose track of that and it's a it's a mentality thing as well so um at the end of the day both teams got a point and it finished 2-2 but one team feels completely different and one set of fans to the other and that's just the way the game transpired but chris would have been leaving that thinking right another start at the city ground two goals should have had more bring on the next game and that's and that's what you want it's a squad game you know you're never going to do anything with 11 players it's just all about the options that you have off the bench and, and Chris Wood is really important to us, I think. And he's a good pick in your FPL team, isn't he, Mike? I knew you were going to say that. Because <laughs> yeah. I put him in for one week before a wild card next week and he absolutely did the business. So, yeah, well done, Chris Wood. Uh, I'll save Mangala for Lewis as a midfielder to get his take. But um, Elango, Greg, sort of, I've been a little bit critical of him starting games. Kind of, he's not, too, I think he's always a little bit, uh, raw looking, he doesn't drive into the box as much. But against Luton, I thought he was excellent. Two assists, really positive. Always happy to take the full back on, almost always. Uh, and he's, I mean, he's actually got, I think he's got four assists and two goal, or a couple of goals or whatever it is for us now. He's on the right track, isn't he? Yeah, he showed a bit of what he showed when he came on against Arsenal that first game as well. You know, getting down that left hand wing and just completely outpacing the the wing-backs or whatever, uh, setting up the first goal. That was a lovely move, Gibbs-White to Alanga and then to Ward. It just showed some real class, some real quality that that's going to get us a lot more goals this season than we hopefully got last season. Uh, tired, didn't he? And, you know, I don't think like the full 90 minutes of being able to do that's quite there yet, but so positive, so impactful. And if we can't start, I know this sounds silly, if we can't start our best 11 every game, to have him come on and give us that influx of pace and his passing skills will be key, especially some of the away games coming up. Yeah, yeah, definitely on the right track. I mean, obviously losing Brennan's a big blow and I mm. don't think he's in that class yet, but he's he's doing a good job for us. I won't say Mangala for you, Lewis. As a midfielder, you can talk to this much better than any of us can, but his calmness under pressure and taking the ball in tight areas and he, he played some really good balls in behind Burke for Ilanga. I've been sort of questioning what Mangala's best at, but his form this season uh, has been really good. I mean, how impressed have you been in him as a, you know, uh, as a form midfielder yourself to take that ball under pressure and dictate games now? Uh, for me, for me, I'm really, really impressed with him. I've been impressed with him. And I think that there was a point last year where he come out of the team. Uh, and then when he come back in towards the end of the season, I think he had a massive impact. Uh, but I, for me, I feel that he's probably the most complete midfielder in the squad. Uh, and that means, and in terms of his all-round package, I think that when he first came, I think because it was a bit of a transformation, because maybe when you looked at, apart from Yatesy, he was quite lightweight in midfield. I think that it was that, that first kind of everyone's opinion was he was going to be that Maybe what a Sangara is now, he's going to be that big. And I think that we didn't really look at how good of a footballer he is. Uh, and I think over time, we've realised that uh, that he can do both. He's got that robustness. He's strong. He's athletic. He takes the ball in any situation. And the biggest thing about any midfielder is that the key thing is, is to take the ball in any situation. It's to always have the ball. And you're going to make mistakes. You're going to lose it. But I feel he's got that confidence. I think it will help now that he's maybe got a Sangara aside of him where he hasn't got to be that kind of strength and that power. He now has someone else 
who can who can do that, which allows him to get on the football a bit more, allows him to create. I think he, he would all it always any midfielder probably like to add a few more goals, but I think at times when I can remember the goal at Leeds last year away that went great finish. I think when he's had the opportunity, I think I think he can do it, but he's getting in them areas. But I think as a as a whole, I think that he's probably the most complete midfielder in the squad. Uh, and I think that he will just continue uh, to get stronger and better and more confident. And and I think the the, the signing of Sangora next to him uh, it has helped him and will continue to help him. Uh, but yeah, yeah. From my from my opinion, uh, I'm, I'm I'm very very happy with what I've seen, uh, and I think he'll only get better. Yeah, definitely. It's a shame we couldn't spend more time talking about how good some of those players were because they were really good. And we'd all, I think someone said in the commentary, that we'd have talked for Chris, about Chris Wood for 15 minutes if we'd won the game. So, But at least we have to acknowledge him and manage to. Uh, right. Uh, any other business before we go for the next five minutes or so? Greg, anything you want to add? No, for once. I haven't got anything. I'm just, I'm just really looking forward to getting that atmosphere back at Forest. I don't know. Don't know what's been missing the last few weeks, but we'll big name we'll, opponents. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there one way or another. But uh, it's coming, I'm certain. Yeah, I think so. We haven't. I mean, obviously they're better opponents, but we haven't played any of the top six, seven, eight teams yet at home. So we'll see. I think it'll be a good atmosphere against Villa. I think it'll need to be. So yeah, um, Mikey, anything from you? Uh, just a couple of things. Um, I hope people enjoy this. It's cathartic for anything. You know, the people I speak to at the ground and at the live show, but, you know, always comment that, you know, whether we win or lose or whatever the performance is, it's good to listen and to watch something like this so we can dissect it and hope that's kind of what we do. Um, just just a big a shout out to um, Gary and, and Kyle, who I think have been to all our live shows and um, good mates of mine. And uh, I promised I'd, I'd say hello. Um, and, and just one last thing, Matt. Um, I um, read a good article today, um, everybody, from um, Tales in the Athletic. I think, Greg, you might have mentioned it earlier on. Really good. And I'm not just saying that because he's buying me a beer tonight. It is a genuinely, genuinely really interesting article. So I'd encourage people to to have a read of that. Um, and just lastly, just going back on Greg's point, um, it will come, guys. And, you know, as much as Villa scared me, I just have this slight inkling that we might turn them over and rock and roll and then, then we're up and running. But... Don't get too down, everybody. It was it was a bad ending to the game, but it's, it, this is just what happens in Premier League football. You can't take your eye off the ball for one minute, and and there'll be games where we don't deserve anything and we nick it, and then we're having a different conversation. So it's a long season, isn't it, Matt? So just keep it faith. It is. We're only uh, what are we in nine games into thirty-eight. True. Uh, anything from you, Lewis, before we depart? No, I think it's just on, on on Mikey's point. I think I think you look you look at it, and, and we're sitting here, and after the performance, I think the 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 kind of the performance was there. I think listen, the the reality of what happened and, and how we lost the two points is obviously going to have a bit of a negative effect. But I think as a football club, as a fan base, we're sitting here, we're in a lot better position than we was last year. This time last year, we're a lot more optimistic than we than we was last year. And it and all it does it just shows where the club's going and it shows that the levels that the club is 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 progressing that we're sitting here and we and we're not in any trouble, uh, but we 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 want we want more we expect more but I think from a whole that's that's a good thing it's a good thing it's just showing that we're progressing and everyone's progressing and wanting and wanting the best and feel that we can we can take that next level so like I said there is going to be 
and negative I feel about about the way uh, Saturday unfolded. But I think as a whole, uh, I think we are we are in such a good place. And I think the big thing now is that we can also be truthful. We always got to dissect and we've got to give our honest opinion, good or bad. But I think we have to understand that we are in a fantastic place. This football club's in a fantastic position. And we're in the Premier League playing against the best teams in the world. So uh, I think on a, I think as a whole, we've just got to be very, very thankful for that and understand that where we are. And we're only one, one good result away from completely different mindsets and uh, and a different opinion. So like I said, don't get don't get too up, but also don't get too down. Yeah, true. I mean, you know, at the two points we should have gotten, we're 11th in the league and feeling optimistic. It's just an absolute sickener what happened at the end, those 15 minutes or so on Saturday. Uh, the thing I was going to say was I was going to play the um, video from Forza for the um, mural, um, Greg, but obviously we ran out of time. It's probably not appropriate, but well done for that, for what you guys did at the Trent Nav. Um, great work from Forza. Uh, you talked about it already at the live show. You don't want to talk about it again, but well done. To, <laughs> he's shaking his head for those listening. Well done to Forza. Keep up the great work. Right. Uh, I'll be glad to move on from this. My Twitter feed, as we were saying before, was just full of mentions saying, you've got to say this, you've got to say that. Uh, the same before we even logged on. Someone said we got our heads in the sand, not criticising Cooper, which I think we just literally did for about 15 minutes at the start and uh, throughout. So you can't please everyone. But as ever, we try to be balanced, see the big picture, and break things down uh, in a balanced way. We shall move on and we'll be back, uh, hopefully with something on Wednesday, but certainly on Thursday, looking ahead to Liverpool and how they go about that. Uh, Greg, thank you very much. No, cheers. I enjoyed that. Lewis, I always enjoy it when you come on. You speak so much sense and give us a right balanced view. I know I can get sometimes too high and Mike, you might just be the other side, but um, <laughs> I don't know whether you see the comments, but it seems every time you speak, most people agree as well. So, uh, I hope you keep coming back on. Uh, I really yeah. appreciate it. Good. Well, yeah, definitely keep coming back on. And people have been giving Lewis lots of love for his uh, comments and feedback today on how he sees it as ever. Uh, so thank you, Lewis. Mikey, thank you very much. Cheers. Yeah, I echo that as well. Some notes I have when Lewis speaks, I'm like, yeah, he's right. I can't say that. <laughs> <Just kind of laughs> yeah, he's right. He's, he's, he's been there. He's done it. He's got a t-shirt. But no, um, absolute pleasure talking to you guys. Thanks for everybody that's watched and listened. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, good to have 600 or so with us uh, on a pretty miserable Monday morning. We shall be back in uh, a few days. In the meantime, have a good uh, couple of days, everyone. And we shall see you soon.